great to see you. My name is Pastor Mark Ryan. I'm the senior minister here. Everybody around you is a minister. You know, please take your seats. It's so good to see you today. Hey, you know, over the summer, we're going to do a series called The Search. One of the mistakes that Christians make is that we think, we, we say to ourselves, I've found the answer. And we can get static and we can get fossilized in that. Uh, we can trade on our experience. Uh, but you know, the Bible says that we are to search out the deeper things of God. You know, the Bible says that we have to ask, seek, and knock. And that there's still a journey. You see, here, we don't believe that, that things are just like a formula. A bit like following a Google map, you know, in 50 yards time, take a right and then you'll take a left. I wish guidance was a little bit like that. But it's not quite like that. Actually, we have to search out the heart of God. He searches out the real us and we journey together to make an impact and become something for him. But actually to build a relationship. I'm going to talk about how we hear God's voice today. You know, how we receive guidance from God. But you know, I want to frame that all in the context of God is our shepherd. Hey, I want you to talk back to me a bit today. God is our shepherd. He wants to guide, lead, feed, protect us. He wants a relationship with us. And so I'm not going to be sharing with you formulas today. You know, as a teaching team this summer, we're going to talk about how we search out God and how God searches out us. And the goal of our message series, now I know some of you will be in and out and going to Bermuda and the Caribbean and Africa and and, uh, Constantinople and all those other places you go to. Who's going to Constantinople? Okay, there's a prophecy right there. God, in that, this summer, we're going to talk about how God searches us and we search for him. And they'll be kind of standalone messages, but kind of have a theme. And I want to say to you, we've had lots of guest speakers over the last few weeks and so on. Great, fresh voices. And, uh, but I want to say to you, if you're trying to judge our church, the benchmark, is what you hear from our teaching team and from myself. After 10 years of ministry here, it's our ministry here that sets the standard. So if you're kind of thinking, I wonder what this church is like, don't judge it by the guest speakers that we have, as fresh as that might be, and that may have blessed you. But judge our church by what you hear from our teaching in-house teaching team. Because we process that completely. Didn't Pastor Nick do a great job last week? Wasn't that an awesome message? Come on, let's, let's just affirm that. Hey, you know, that was an okay clap if you were in cricket. Let's make sure that Pastor Nick knows that he can hear us downstairs. That was a great message. And so today, I want to talk to you a little bit. How do you hear God's voice? We struggle with this, don't we? Let's start off by reading the words of Jesus. Everybody, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to John chapter 10. And I'm going to look at the the red letters of Jesus from John chapter 10, verse 3 and 4. And then I'm going to Isaiah, if you want to be quick on on your finger there. John chapter 10 says this in verse 3. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him 
and the sheep listen to his voice. I'm a sheep. I'm a sheep. And God has hardwired into me the ability to hear his voice. There's some people in this room, you don't think that God wants to speak to you. But if you have the Holy Spirit within you, he gives you the ability to hear him through various means. But So I don't want you to take yourself out of this scripture. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he has brought out his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. You can know the voice of God. Isaiah chapter 48 verse 17. If you're quick on the the finger there, you can go to that. Isaiah 48 17 says this. This is what the Lord says. Your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you what's best for you and who directs you in the way that you should go. You know, you guys have been so kind to me. and Thank you for your lovely welcome today of everybody who said welcome back from our holidays. You know, we posted a picture on our Facebook of me and Kathy in wetsuits. Don't imagine that picture right now. And uh, don't go to my Facebook page right now either. But somebody put a comment underneath and said, you look like two superheroes. What a great comment that was. I was thinking, that's amazing. Uh, thank you, whoever that was. I, I can't remember who it was right now. You don't seem as impressed by that as I was, by the way. You know, there me are and Kathy are. And, uh, but sometimes we think it's only super Christians or superhero pastors that can hear the voice of God. But I want to convince you today, God wants to speak to you. Oh, come on now. Speak back to me. God wants to speak to you. Amen? He wants to direct you and guide you through lots of different means. When I was... I I could tell an amazing story about how I decided to come to Birmingham. But I'll, I'll park that for when you come to membership class. Come to membership class when you can. Now, but when I was going to Letchworth, I had two options. Uh, to be in my previous church. One was to be a, a youth minister in Luton. And uh, Kathy worked in Luton. She worked in a pretty mixed school there. And we thought, that's exciting because we could kind of work together, bring lots of the young people to church and just work together in that. And the other option was a kind of broken down Pentecostal church that was kind of down in, it, in the dumps. And so we were actually... I wanted to be a pastor, but this was just so attractive to think, oh man, we could work together and make a difference. Now the pastor of my church, because you should always submit to you, your leaders in this, wanted to call the pastor of the church that was uh, offering the youth leader job and talk about references and talk about the process and so on. He was a little bit kind of agitated by the process. So I called the pastor of the Luton Church to say, hey, you're going to get a call. I think it's fine and everything. And uh, the pastor of the Luton Church did this. It's amazing. Listen to this. He said to me, what if Church on the Way in Letchworth called you and asked you to be their pastor the elders called you I went what 
Who's been gossiping? Because you know how the jungle drums go, don't you, in any organization and that the gossip gets out and all of that. And I said, what? Who's been gossiping? Uh, because they actually have called me. And he said, nobody's talked to me. But whilst I was on the phone to you, I saw the, the church signboard, Church on the Way, and just read it off. And I began to go, oh man. Maybe the Lord is up to something in leading me, not to my preferred option, but to this other church. It seemed a strange moment. Now, there were other confirmations and there were other things. I had to go to an interview and so on. But it started to arrest my attention. God wants to speak to you. And in my spirit, as I've been preparing this... I just want to communicate to you that God is a communicating God. And that there are some people in this room that thinks that God's voice is a million miles away from them. And that, that how can you ever hear from him? But you know, throughout the scriptures, that the phrase, and the Lord spoke to, like Abraham, David, or whoever, is, is littered through the whole scriptures. And as a foundation... I want you to almost emotionally step back and say to yourself, I believe God wants to speak to me. We all struggle with this. I mean, in fact, there are institutions where people have said God has spoken to them and they've done really strange things. We all kind of struggle with this mystical element. But you have to position yourself to hear God. Those of you who brought up children... You know that there are sometimes it doesn't matter what you say to your children, they are not in the position to hear. Am I right, any, any parents? You can say, don't, 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 and they do, 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 do. Is that right? They're just not in the psychological or emotional position to hear. You've got to put yourself in a positioning to hear God. You can't say things like, Lord, bless what I've already decided to do. This is what I want you to do, Lord. Now put your blessing on it. No. You have to begin to say, I will do whatever you say. Now, God isn't opposed to your opinion. I'm going to speak into that in a few moments. But you have to position yourself by, uh, be it unto me, Lord, whatever you say. Not, Lord, I'm doing this, now I'm just hoping you're with me. Another thing that don't do as far as positioning is an untested impulse that has no benefit for you or the kingdom. I've prayed with lots of people over many years about their life plan, and they want to put that in the row, that in the row, that in the row, their kids, their house, their home, their salary and everything, but there's no mention of what this will do for Jesus and his kingdom. You have to say to yourself, God, in my life plan, what impact is this having for the kingdom? Some people have said to themselves, you know, marriage is not for me because my better impact is in the kingdom as a single person. And that's a calling. That's a kingdom thing. In fact, the Bible says that some people are called to that. Some people have said, I'm not going to have that promotion at work. And it goes against the theology that says God always wants to promote you. Because they've said, I want to forego that promotion because I have a ministry here. Now, we don't like to hear this. 
But actually, we need to begin to say, what will be the impact for your kingdom, Lord? Can I hear an amen, church? Now, the Lord does want to lead you on, raise you to higher levels, but that's not always automatic. In fact, today, we need to get away a little bit from automatic things. We need to start saying, it's a bit like marriage. You know, you don't have an ABC of kissing. You know, there's no manual about kissing, is there? Purse your lips to two centimeters out. (laughs) Angle your head to 30 degrees. Press your lips at a pound per square inch pressure. And you will achieve the perfect kiss. It isn't like that, is it? Okay, for you engineers, it is like that for you. I know that. But it's not like that following God. It's a relationship and it's a shepherdly thing where he wants to put the most of him into you. Where you become the most like him. And the most of you have how you can follow him and get the best out of you. God uses multiple means to guide you. Now as a foundation. Foundation. Come on, say it with me. Come on. I didn't mean to say that. I meant to say this. Psalm 119, 105 says this. Say it with me. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Here's your foundation. This is the main way that God speaks to you through the Bible. So you need to crack it open. You need to turn it on. You need to read it regularly because often God will speak to you in his word. I had an incredible experience while I was on holiday of God showing me something. And you know, I've read the Bible from cover to cover. I've even read the maps at the back. And I had never seen something that I'd seen before. In fact, two times it happened to me. Something about making uh, some things that people have done in the past right. And I'm going to preach on that later on. But I'd just never seen it. And I thought, Lord, how did I miss that? And the Lord didn't answer. You know... How did I miss it? It's been there all these years. And it was so encouraging to get something from his word. How about you and the Bible? Is it a bit stale? Is it a bit, well, I know that bit. What about you reading the Bible again? You know, the Lord leads you not only through his word, but through prayer. Praying on your own, but praying with other people. Um, The Lord speaks, it said in Acts, that while they were fasting and praying, the Lord spoke by the Holy Spirit and said, set apart Saul and Barnabas. It was in a prayer meeting. When we have prayer meetings, why don't you come? God may speak to you. We need to be prayerful people. Because God speaks in these foundational things. God speaks through the counsel and the wise counsel of other people. Even preaching. Preaching can be a counsel. Proverbs chapter 15 says, Plans fail for lack of counsel. With many advisors, they succeed. You know, sometimes God is using the person who speaks to counsel you, to direct you. But also, I wonder if you're in relationship. You see, God is a God of relationship, isn't he? He lives in relationship. He exists. He's never existed alone. He's never existed alone. In fact, when he, when he went through creation, he said it's not good for humans to be alone. I wonder whether the reason why you don't hear God's voice is because you're closed 
to wise counsel because God's positioning people around you. God uses confirmations. He uses different strange circumstances or consistent pattern of confirmation. When Kathy was becoming a Christian, she said to me, Mark, I had never met a Christian but, you know, I never met one. And then when she was thinking about becoming a Christian, Christians kept popping up everywhere. Everywhere. She was at work. She was at college. She was at, walking down the street. A Christian would say, oh, hello, God bless you. And Christians would go, and confirmation after confirmation. I wonder if you're sitting here today just checking God out. And yet, what's beginning to happen is you're starting to feel some things. But things are starting to happen in your life where God's knocking on the door and he's trying to get your attention to say, hey, I'm here. I'm a communicating God. I'm a speaking God. Proverbs says, a person's steps are directed by the Lord. How can anyone understand their way? Let me tell you a story from our first service. This is kind of hot off the press. I didn't intend at all to say this story. And I told it in the first service. When I was first at BCC, I said, God, I just don't want this to be a slick animal where we just organize it. I want room for your Holy Spirit to do things and to do the unusual. And, and, and in some ways, I'd sorted so many stuff out. And, you know, I got myself bogged down in, oh, what's right? And, oh, we need to sort this and sort that and so on. And, um, and so I felt that, that God spoke to me one morning. I was in my bedroom, and I could hear this kind of scratching. And then, sound effects, everybody. Outside. No, it wasn't Kevin from the film Up. It was, uh, oh, sorry, Kevin, this is just, it's not you. Okay, it's another thing. I look like the guy from Up, from those of you who know that. So, and I heard this cry outside. I looked down, and in my front garden, there were two peacocks. And they, as I opened the curtains, they splayed their display open. They didn't look at me like, eh, you know. And then they just walked off down my road. Now, if you know where I live, I live in the complete inner city. I, I can see 50 yards out my back window, and that's my view. And God spoke to me then and said, I can put peacocks in your garden. I can do unusual things. I can make things happen that you don't think can happen. God wants to do that for you. Now listen to this. One of our congregation members in the first service heard me tell that story. A story that I was not intending to tell. I just don't know why. In fact, halfway through the story, I was thinking to myself, what are you doing this for? She came to me after service and said, Mark, I have been putting a fleece before the Lord and asking him, God, are you really with me? And by Monday, can you work into my hearing a story about peacocks? I mean, that's weird. You don't seem impressed at all. (laughs) See, you're probably judging that person. She's saying, I want to put a fleece before you. I'm building my own business. I don't know whether I'm doing the right thing. I'm just putting a fleece before you. And 
I, something that I couldn't plan. So could I hear a story about peacocks? I'm flabbergasted by that. Oh, for the second language, flabbergasted means I am shocked by that. See, God's got every detail of your life. He knows how to speak to you. He knows how to guide you. Now, more often than not, he isn't going to give you a peacock story. He he will do that out of his grace and love now and again. He's going to speak to you through the scriptures. He's going to confirm things through unusual or consistent happenings. But he's also going to give you an inner prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now, let me explain what that is. The inner prompting of the Holy Spirit is not a wild or wacky impulse. It's often a consistent and persistent thought that reoccurs and reoccurs and reoccurs. It's a conviction that repeats itself. When Philip went down to Samaria, the Spirit told Philip, "You go near the chariot of the eunuch and go near it and stay near it. I don't believe that it was just like a voice that said, go to the chariot. I think that he had an impression in his spirit that came stronger and stronger and stronger until he thought, God, should I really do that? Okay, I'm going to do that. The Bible condenses some things down. You need to talk to someone about the impressions that you're having. Because sometimes the enemy will place things in your mind as well. So talk to somebody and say, hey, does this sound like God to you? We make it so hard to hear what God is doing. But he's going to lead you through scripture. He's going to lead you through wise counsel. He's going to lead you through prayer. He's going to lead you through some repeated circumstances. And sometimes some unusual circumstances. He's going to lead you through inner promptings of the Holy Spirit. Listen, God wants to speak to you. Now, come on. Amen? God wants to guide you. He desires to be your shepherd. He, it's not that God's going to talk to you every five minutes about what cornflakes to buy and all of that stuff. He is going to guide you in your life because He wants to be your shepherd. He is invested in you. You are His people and He loves to speak to His people. Can I hear an amen, church? Because amen means it shall be so. I'm accepting that God wants to speak to you. We make it really hard. And sometimes we make it hard because we are hearing but not really listening. Have you ever done that thing with song lyrics where you can't work out what it is? You know, that you kind of think, what's that really saying? You know, like, well, I think that of most rap artists, you know, like, I was going to play Dre for you, you know, God's plan, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. God's plan, Mm -hmm, but the only words I can make out is God's plan, Mm -hmm. something, 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 God's plan, and I don't know whether those something, something, somethings are actually healthy, so I thought, no, we won't play that. (laughs) Have you, have you done that? You can't work out lyrics? You know, I had that with a Christian song, you know. Have you ever had that Christian song? Do you know that song where it says, He came from heaven to earth to show the way from the cross to the grave. And then it says, My debt to pay. Now a debt is something that I owe that I can't pay back and Jesus paid that debt. 
When I first heard that song, I heard my dead toupee. <laughs> now, a toupee is a wig. A, and I think that all toupees should be dead. So I was thinking, well, that's accurate. Why would Jesus come from heaven to earth for my dead toupee? Now, if you're wearing a wig today, God bless you. There's nothing wrong with it. Jesus has come for it, according to that song. He wants to heal it or make it grow miraculously. I don't know what he wants to do with it. I am sure that nobody wears a wig or extensions in this church. I'm sure that's not true. But, you know, whatever... You know, sometimes we just, we just miss here. As I said earlier, if you've got children, they often, they are hearing. But here's the point. Are they really listening? And we can hear and hear and hear, but we're not listening. We're not listening. And so just for the next few minutes, I want to... I was reading a book by Dr. Jim Samra, and I'm going to build on some of the things that he says when he talks about God speaks, but I, I just want you to understand a little bit of how to distinguish the voice of God, how to not get the lyrics mixed up, how to distinguish what he says from lots of other voices. We've got so many other voices, haven't we? You see, we've got that filter system. We've got the filter system of the scriptures. And I always look for a scriptural principle in anything that I hear. We've got the filter system of your own testimony and the way that God has led you in the past. And you know that the Bible says that he's wired you in a certain way. The Bible says that before you were born, he formed you in the womb. And he wired you emotionally and spiritually. And some of the things that you just get... Those are some of the things that, that's how God's wired you. You know, I'm, I'm going to give you a, a crazy example. I mean, you know, uh, could you imagine me in, in a really ceremonial church? You know, where you had to carry candles and, you know, be really careful. And, you know, I'd set the place on fire. You know, a real traditional church for me where you have to put on loads of robes. And I'm not saying anything bad about that. There's some people who are wired that way. It would kill me. I would die after the first two weeks of being the minister. I'd say, get this robe off. Come on, let's sing. I just couldn't do it. God's wired you some ways. And I don't say anything bad about it. God bless you if you can do that. Our father, mother, I just can't do it. I'd be bored out my tree. I should stop speaking because this is on the internet, isn't it? I don't want to upset anybody. But God's wired you. And God knows that. We all love singing in some ways, or at least listening to singing. You know, God isn't going to call you to be a singer if you hate singing. Amen? Unless there's a serious heart change where he turns your heart, turns your wiring... He's not going to do that because he actually respects some of your choices. Now, I'm going to talk to you about the stretch in a few moments. But your first filter system is the scripture. The second filter scripture is the way that God has led you and the way that you are. He honors that. He's he's wired you in the womb. 
your filter system is also wise people around you. You know what I've noticed? Sometimes your friends aren't strong enough with you. They're your friends. I'm part of an accountability group and we promise to tell the truth to each other. We, we promise. And sometimes we tell the truth and we're not friends anymore. And we have to kind of make up. Some of you have surrounded yourself with friends who actually never speak the truth to you. You need a filter system of wise counsellors. Now, obviously, you want somebody who is on your side and who loves you and affirms you and speaks to you. And that's fine. You don't want somebody who's doing you down. But you need somebody in your life that speaks truth. Who is that person for you? Husbands and wives, do you actually speak the truth to each other or do you keep quiet so that you don't want any upset? There are several key ways of how you can recognize God's voice. Number one, God's voice always causes you and calls you to trust him more. So there may be times when you have to take risks. I remember that time when, you know, things are getting going and Jesus' ministry and the disciples are, are just kind of enjoying being, the, being part of his crew. And in Matthew 10 verse 16 it says, I'm sending you out like sheep amongst wolves. I, I'm actually going to cause you to trust me so you can take a few risks for me. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and innocent as doves. Stop thinking that God's voice is always neat. See, for some of you, the way that you're wired, you want God to go A, B, C, D, E. And he's not always going to be like that. He's going to call you to trust him. And to have that relationship where you have to lean on him. You can tell God's voice when something's calling you to trust. And there might be a risk. Look at our lovely church. Isn't it great? Look at these lovely chairs, the carpets, everything in the lights, camera action. It's great. Could we be a community that isn't afraid to risk again and to push out again and to begin to say, hey, God, you've brought it to this place, but what's the next level for us? You see, we have to, as a community, begin to trust. Somebody say amen so I don't sit alone up here. Amen? Amen? Come on, come with me on this. We've got to trust God for our next levels. You've got to trust God for your next level in your life. Amen? Amen. Second way you can distinguish God's voice and not mishear the lyrics is that God's voice leads us to humbly and sacrificially love other people. Often the voice of isolation is the voice of self. Let me play a scenario for you. Have you ever been so upset at somebody? You say, I never want to speak to anybody ever again. Just leave me on my own. I just want to be on my own. I can do everything myself. I don't need any help. Now you let me know. Is that healthy? The voice of isolation is often the voice of the wounded self. The voice of God is often the voice that connects you and says, hey, there are some people over there you can love, you can serve. Romans 13 verse 10 says, love does no harm to a neighbor and therefore love is the fulfillment of all God's law. 
If you love people, you connect with them, you're sacrificial with them. If your pathway is pushing you away from love and sacrifice, I would question whether that is the shepherd leading you. Because the Bible says he leads us in paths of righteousness and connection. God's voice more often flows, thirdly, through structures and through people who are honoring God. God supports order. Have you noticed how orderly the word the world is? Like, you know, it's amazing, isn't it? When you look in a microscope, all the little cells are all acting the way they're supposed to act, and they all line up and the way and the atoms go around the nuclei and all of that, and then when you come out, the oceans, you know, who tells the fish? How to migrate. You know, there's no signposts that are on the bottom of the, you know, the, the seabed going, fish, turn left here. You know, God's got, the, the whole nature is in order, isn't it? Crystals forming and all the rest of it. There's an order to creation. Now, who tells the, the birds where to migrate? In fact, the Bible says, the Lord sets the migrations of birds, doesn't he? The Lord is a God of order. And the, the Lord has set up an order in the church. He says, the foundation is apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists for the equipping of the church. So why would God not speak through his designated order? Now, we know that all of us as humans are frail and we make mistakes and nobody is infallible. No church is infallible. But if you've been hurt by a leader... Don't throw out the principle that God speaks through order. Let me hear an amen from church. God speaks through people and he often uses pastors, teachers to speak to you and protect you. Even even some bosses at your work, God's going to use them to speak to you. God's voice often flows through structures. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 says this. You might want to turn there. Have confidence in your leaders. Oh, we're in an age where we don't have confidence in leaders. We're baptized in negativity through the airwaves all the time. But God appoints leaders. God sets some things up. And God will oppose and bring some things down and it will take his time. But he will do it. But as far as church is concerned, to the Christians, God is saying, have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy and not a burden, for that would be of no benefit to you. God is setting leaders in your life for you. For your benefit. You know, we have people who have fallen out with other pastors and they come here and they fall out with us because the issue's the same. You have to learn to understand that God is a God of order. Now, we don't get everything right. Of course, that's not what I'm saying. I've often felt the benefit of using leaders as a sounding board. But if you're planning something, it's good to speak to a house group leader, a zone pastor, or a pastor, and, and just sound it out with them. What is it about you that you don't want to sound out what you're thinking in some, with somebody in authority? What does that say about you? God is a God of order. 
God's voice does not work in reaction and dissension or a reaction to lies or confusion. Now, God can recycle lots of bad things and God can reveal things through exposing a lie and God will often protect you through the negative. Now, stay with me. This is really important. God will protect you often when negative things happen, but he often leads you and guides you through the positive influence of Scripture and wise counsel. Let me give you an example. If, if, if a lie is exposed in your life and somebody's not truthful to you, God's protecting you to cause you to pause and to reevaluate that situation. He's not saying, well, go the opposite to that because uh, the opposite means that's the right way. You need positive guidance, not just reactive guidance. I find lots of Christians are very reactive. You know the devil's native language is lies. Why would God lead you through a lie? That's the devil's language. Some of you speak French, Portuguese. The devil speaks lies. Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb here. For some of you, you've been hurt by some people. They've told lies to you. And you've reacted about that. And now you're setting the course of your life through a negative reaction. A man has hurt you. He told lies to you. He tried to get you to marry him on false pretenses. And, and you've reacted to that. And now you've set your life about saying, I'll never get married to any man because they're all liars. Men, are we all liars? You don't sound that convinced, men. <laughs> you cannot set the course of your life through reaction. Through dissension, through lying, through confusion. You have to have positive guidance. Where he shows you the right man who loves you and cherishes you. Who who wants to be with you, who's truthful with you. Who will lie about, the only thing he'll lie about is his kind of wage packet sometimes. Because he wants to impress you. And then you say, no, I'm not even having that. God wants to speak to you. Positively. Not through reaction. I just feel like, you know, when I was preparing this, this is a strange thing to say. I'm not sure you'll hear many things on guidance to say this point, but I just feel like the Lord just put his finger on my soul. There's somebody here. You're just reacting. And you've got to stop. You've got to come into the shepherd guidance now. Is that all right, church? Holy Spirit. Last thing. A hallmark of God's voice is He causes us not to fear. God's voice is not the voice of fear. He tells us not to fear. To Joshua, who was facing his major project, he said, don't fear, be strong, be courageous. To Paul, who was on the ship, he said, I'm sending an angel to stand by you. Speak for me and don't be afraid. The only type of fear that should guide us is the respect and honor that we have for God. The fear of the Lord, the reverence, the respect. I'm not talking about spooky fear. 
And that, that respect, you know, there are some times when I'm, I march to the throne of God and I can just sit on his lap and say, Abba, Father. Do you have those moments when you feel that? And then there are other moments when I just know his presence is so heavy and so thick that I actually feel a little bit awed by him. And I feel like I don't want to say too much because my respect for him is, is high. I'm okay with that type of fear. That's the only fear that I want in my life. Because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Amen, church? Amen. I tell you what fear I don't want in my life. A fear of failure. Again, in my spirit, just to say, that fear never guides you. Is the fear of failure. You know, often the the devil will say, well, what if the church goes all pear-shaped? I always think, well, if I'm going down, I'm going down with Jesus. I'm not going to be afraid of the fear of failure. Don't run your life through that fear. I'm not going to be afraid of the fear of panic. I love that song, Pastor Kevin, where we sing, you know, sing the name of Jesus louder than the voice of fear. You've got to drown that out. That voice of fear will often try and be loud. You've got to drown out with praise and worship the voice of fear. The voice of God always says, don't fear, my child. Have you noticed when angels show up, they often first whine is, don't fear. Come on, say it out loud. Don't fear. Tell yourself, don't fear. Come on, don't fear. That's the voice of God to you. I talked about your wiring and I'm going to wrap up. But you know, God's voice is a mystical voice. It's often an unexpected voice. And this is the stretch that I want to teach you into. Isaiah 55 verses 8 and 9 say it clearly. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts not your thoughts. Now, although God has made you and wired you in a certain way, you don't know everything about you that God knows that you can do. And so often when he speaks, it often seems, man, that's a stretch from what I am. And so God's voice, don't compartmentalize it into, he will only talk to me like this. God will sometimes put peacocks in your garden. Now some of you, you want that all the time. And you're not doing the basics of scripture and prayer and relationship. But God's voice is an unexpected voice sometimes. Listen to Isaiah chapter 42. He says, I will lead the blind by the ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths I will guide them. And I will turn the darkness into light before they can make uh, rough places smooth. These are the things I will do, but I will not forsake them. Listen. If God is stretching you right now, he will not forsake you. God's voice calls you to trust Him. God's voice calls you very deeply to say, I won't be reactive about negative things. God's voice calls you 
to sacrifice and service. God's voice calls you not to fear. God's voice. You can hear it when sometimes it causes you to stretch and be unexpected. God's voice speaks often and say, will you trust me? Listen to this podcast. It's called The Cultural Moment. And they did a live recording at a festival called Wildfires. And the guy who does it is a guy called Mark Sayers. And in this age of screens and clicks, sometimes we just get distracted. You know, during the worship earlier, I'd not turned my Wi-Fi off and I was invited to an exclusive launch of a pair of shoes. We can so easily get distracted. How about you? And you see, one of the ways to hear God's voice is to begin to spend some time where you focus. One of our elders in the first service during the worship, he says, I feel like God is calling me to focus. He didn't know I was going to say this. Mark Sayers says this, focus is being stolen. Focus is worship. What we choose to focus on is what we want to worship. What if the devil's scheme is to steal our attention and cause distraction? He says that the start of the great next renewal movement in the church will be when we give him our focus. Focus. That we shut the clicks off, we shut the screens off. You know, Kathy and I, we're watching a, a great series at the moment. We're really into it. We, we like it. We're on season two and all the rest of it. We're on Netflix doing it. I'm not telling you what it is. You go and find your own series. <clears throat> but life can't be that. There's time when you have to shut the whole thing down and say, only you, God. Can you hear an Amen. Focus. Would you please stand with me? And as our worship team come, just for a few moments, I wonder if we could focus. Not think about our lunch, not think about we've got to go or anything like that. For some of you here today and you're not giving your life to Jesus, you can hear us, you can feel a strange presence. There are some circumstances that you think that was strange and God's trying to get through to you. You see, you need to decide the course that brings out the best in you, not the selfish you. The voice of God brings the best out in you. That's where God is for you. You need to decide a course which helps you serve Jesus the best and keeps you close in dedication, in prayer. It, it, It draws you more to God. Rather than you choose a a position whereby God's marginalized. You see, this whole thing about guidance is he's our shepherd and he wants to lead us in paths of righteousness. He wants you to lie down in green pastures and lead you by still waters. You know, sheep never lie down. Did you know this? Philip Keller 
wrote a book on shepherding and he said sheep never lie down unless all is well they're too nervous and the Bible when, when Psalm 23 uses that phrase of you lying down in green pastures what it means is he's made everything well relax in him It's time for you to focus away from all the distractions. Focus on Him and understand God's got this. Here's a prophecy. God has got your business. He's got it. He knows exactly how to grow it. He knows exactly what He's doing with it. Decide the course which helps you serve Jesus best that's God's voice your guidance is going to come through multifaceted forms not one random thought or one thing that you fixate on or things that you make up God will give you confirmations but you need to look through them through scripture and through people and not just through thoughts God is going to give you guidance but you will need faith to walk in it It will never be that it's easy. It won't be easy for our church, BCC. We're going to have to have faith to move forward. Come on, is there any faith in this house for this church and for your life? Just wave at me if you think, yeah, come on, I've got faith. I've got faith for my life. Because it's going to take faith for your life. As the under-shepherd to the great shepherd, if you've got a decision that you're praying about and you would like just for us to just at least join with you and agree of God's leading in your life, why don't you begin to leave the seat where you're standing? Because we want to pray with you. And all morning I've been saying that there are some men who need to step out and say, you know what, I'm going to put my life. Just come, just come, it's fine. Just begin to come. We want to pray with you. We want to stand with you. Everybody, just hold your hands out just like this, if you will. If, if you're here as a guest and you're uncomfortable like that, that's fine. Just let it go. But would you just say, God, I want to hear you. Let me sum up this message in a sentence. When you focus, you will find it. In your search, when you focus, you will find it. Pray with me. Lord, give me the faith to focus. Fill my heart full of your faith. Now I know there are some people who are making decisions in this place today and we want to pray with you. And so as we start singing, in fact, even now, will you just leave the seat where you're standing and say, I just want to put this before the Lord and I'm going to start responding to Him. Come on, who's first as well as this dear lady here? Yeah, come on. Come on, there's one or two more. 
just say, yeah, God, I want to I decide which university to go to. I want to decide which college. I want to make sure that I'm including you. I want to decide which job. But God, I just want to get closer to you. I just have the prayer team just to come forward and make it easier for folks to just come. You see, I think God might speak to you right here and now. Unless you focus, you won't find it. wants to speak to you today God wants to speak to you this week I'm not talking about you know sometimes you hear from platforms God said this that and the other about things I think God wants to deeply breathe into your spirit some of his shepherd directions I'm just going to wait there's one or two more I'm sorry to labour this but it's your struggle not mine I feel completely comfortable. You need to come and let us pray with you. Stop struggling. Just relax. It's alright. God loves you. Yes, Lord. Matchless love. 